This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Together, we're learning how to make marriage and love better. Today, we're going to learn about fear, love, and plain vanilla ice cream. So here we go. For notes and references, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash vanilla. Plain vanilla ice cream. I just want plain vanilla ice cream. I'm in our church fellowship hall. It's this large, multi-purpose building with a dining area, a kitchen, and a serving area. I'm walking up to the table to place my order of ice cream. I really honestly don't care for ice cream, but occasionally I will just randomly crave it. And when I do eat ice cream, I usually don't even finish what I'm eating. But my pastor had bought this big commercial style ice cream machine for our church. And he was just like obsessing over it. He was always tinkering with it. And somehow it even found its way into some sermons. So I guess all that talk just kind of made me want to try some ice cream for a change. So now I'm walking to the table where my close friend is serving ice cream, and I say to her, I just want plain vanilla ice cream. So, of course, she tries to talk me into extra toppings because, I mean, what kind of person wants just plain vanilla ice cream? But I said, no, you don't understand. I just want plain vanilla ice cream. So she rushes to the machine, but then she hands the bowl off to a stranger. This stranger walks up to the table And gives me the ice cream. The thing is, she's beautiful. She has long, auburn-colored hair and green eyes. But when she smiles, it's like the world just stops spinning. I've liked girls before, but never had a person to captivate me like this. So I give her my awkward, introverted smile back. But I'm speechless. I just don't know what to say. I want to ask, who are you? But I just can't get the words out of my mouth. I didn't know it at the time, but like a year later, at the same place, we would be formally introduced by my pastor, eventually fall madly in love, get married, and raise a family together. It's a journey that started with plain vanilla ice cream. A moment frozen in time, the moment when I saw her for the first time. Our journey together is not over, but hanging over me is like this dark cloud of dread and fear. It's something that's unknown. That's the moment when I see her for the last time. I don't know when it'll be, or who'll go first, or whether it'll be like expected or not, but I'm hoping that when it happens, that I'll look into those green eyes, hold her hand, and see her smile one last time. Because after all, I just wanted plain vanilla ice cream, but she has given me so much more. Author Marie Lu wrote the following quote that I think is really relevant to today's topic. Here it is. To love is to be afraid. You are frightened. Deathly terrified that something will happen to those you love. 
and love enslaves us all, for you cannot love without fear. I think that fear and love are two of the most powerful emotions in the world. Fear keeps us from doing things. And love makes us do things that we otherwise would not have done. Marriage is where fear and love collide. Now, maybe that's why falling in love is such a powerful emotion. The fear of rejection is like blasted away by feelings of love and acceptance. It's like God made marriage to be this delicate balance between fear and love. But it's the joy and the victory of love over fear that makes love so amazing. This is a story of love and fear. And this is how love wins. So here's my table of contents. Overcome fear by living in the present. Secondly, overcome fear by trusting the one you love. And finally, overcome fear by reading the end of the story. Okay, so here we go. Overcome fear by living in the present. There's the power of now. Fear makes your mind like fast forward to an uncertain future. But by focusing in the right now, you can ground yourself in the moment that you're in. You know, I can't control what might happen in the future but I can live in the moment that I'm in right now. So tomorrow, everything could change. But right now, I have the love of my life right by my side. At a recent sweetheart banquet at our church, I passed out these note cards, and I had everyone write down their worst fear about marriage. By far, the most common was losing your spouse in some way. Some other answers included like failing your spouse in some way. All of those answers involve the future. And the reality is that those fears could one day become a reality. The chance of one of you dying before the other is real. It depends on your like particular situation. I'm sure that things like age, health, and lifestyle play into this. But I mean, there's like, if you think about it, at least a 50-50 chance that your spouse will die before you. So you overcome this fear by living in the moment that you're in right now instead of the one that you're not. This is the way it works. God gives you grace for the moment that you're in right now, not for the one you might be in tomorrow. So by distancing yourself from the future, you can learn to live in the grace that God has given you for today. Jesus, in his great Sermon on the Mount, put it plainly. Listen to these words from Matthew chapter 6 verses 33 and 34. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought of tomorrow, for the morrow shall take the thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus is teaching that you should live in the present instead of worrying about tomorrow. So fear of tomorrow is overcome by living in today. There's a song that I really enjoy listening to. It's sung by several groups. It's called Fear Not Tomorrow. It contains these powerful words. Fear not tomorrow, for God is already there. God will be there for you tomorrow, just like he is today. There's the power of here. So 
if you can, if you're in a place where you can, obviously if you're driving down the road, you can't, or if you're at work listening to this, you can't do this without getting in trouble maybe. But I want you to open your Bible and put your hands on the pages of your Bible. So you are here right now in this moment, and all the promises of God's word are right here with you. Fear is no match for the truth of God's word. And that truth will help you when like nothing else in this world can. It's kind of like the battery in your car. It has a hot wire, a red wire, and it has a black wire or a ground wire. And the ground wire is connected to the frame of the car. So without the power being grounded, your car just can't work right. It won't start. The electronics won't come on. Love and faith are the same way. If you're not grounded in the Bible, your love and your life and your faith just won't work right. So touch your Bible. Ground yourself in his word. Read its pages. Memorize the Bible. Ground your love for the Lord and your spouse in its truths. Truth is the antecedent of fear. All three of my daughters went through this phase where they were like afraid of the dark. And I guess maybe all kids to some extent go through this. And one of the things I tried to do to help them was I would turn on the lights and I would let them look at everything in the room. So we would look behind the door and we would look under the bed and in the closet, wherever they wanted to look. And then when I turned the lights out, I'll explain to them that the room was exactly the same as it was before. The truth or that light drives out fear. God's word is like the ultimate light. It's the ultimate truth. And you are experiencing truth right now where you're at. Reality is truth and it's here. Fear is in the future and it's not. Here's a way to practically use this. This is an example. Let's say that you have this fear that your spouse is cheating on you. So just turn the lights on for a while so you can see the truth. Talk to your spouse about it and see what they're doing on their phone or the computer. Ask them to see their phone. Ask them to look at the computer. Or ask them to tell you about the relationships outside the home. You expose the truth and destroy that fear. Truth triumphs over fear. So use the truth that you have right now to overcome whatever fears you're experiencing in your life. The Bible is the ultimate light. So use that light to ground you in the present and to keep your mind from drifting in fear to a future that's not even here yet. When I'm afraid about something, I find a Bible verse about it and I quote it to myself. So I have that verse in my heart and it keeps me grounded in the present and helps me stay right with God right now. I love the words of Psalm 119, verse 11 through 16. Listen to this. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have declared the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes will not forget thy word. The power of God's word in the here and now is the greatest weapon you could ever have against fear. If you have fear in your life, use the truths in the Bible to ground you in the here and now. There's also 
the power of praise. I like to think about how incredibly good God is to me. His goodness is like something that I can rejoice in right now. In fact, if I had nothing else to rejoice in, which I do have lots of other things to rejoice in, I could rejoice in who he is to me. This is another way of grounding yourself in God's presence and overcoming fear. I have a dear godly friend who is the same age as me. She met the love of her life, got married in this beautiful wedding ceremony, and she had four beautiful babies. But somewhere along the way, everything fell apart in her marriage. It seemed like just like that. Her husband just up and left. In our church, we all cried and prayed. I mean, we just had no idea how to change things. But she wrote and sang this amazing song during that time. She calls it, I can praise my way out of problems. That praise has grounded her, and she has raised those four kids on her own with God's help. Fear is no match for genuine praise. So focus on how good God is to you, and either vocalize that or write it down. There is something about singing his praises that makes your fears seem really small. It's like God made us to enjoy singing his praises. So sing a song of praise just to him. Or sing when people aren't around, but you can sing. This is something that everyone can do. You can also just start writing down all the benefits that you have as one of his children. This is a kind of praise that pulls you away from the fear of tomorrow and grounds you in the here and now. Psalm 145 verse 5, listen to this. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. So overcome fear by living in the present. But not only that, number two, overcome fear by trusting the one you love. Fear, like I said before, can keep you from doing things. I was always afraid of public speaking. There were times when I was in school that instead of getting in front of the class for a grade, I would take a zero and just try to catch up that grade. I was that afraid of standing in front of people and being like the center of attention. It's just something I've always tried to avoid doing. That is, until my love for the Lord became greater than that fear. Well, as long as he wants me to do it, I'll do it. I don't just trust a stranger, but I trust a Savior who loves me and knows me, and fear can be overcome by trusting that person that I love. In 1 John four eighteen, one of my favorite verses, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Identify the root of fear. Whatever fears you have in your life, the root of that fear is the problem. And finding that root is like the key to freeing yourself from that fear. It's no secret here, since I wrote a book about it, that I struggled greatly with assurance of my salvation for a few years. And during that time, there were some really dark days. But at the root of that fear, at the root of that problem, is I had to learn how to trust him instead of how I felt or what other people said 
or what I thought I did or didn't do. I just had to learn to trust him. I found assurance when I simply trusted him. But my salvation is secure even when I don't have that assurance because I can trust him. I overcame that fear by trusting the person that I love. I don't know what kind of fears you may be facing in your marriage or your life, but you can find the root probably in the lack of your trust in Christ. There is this story in the Bible that I've heard and read since I was a child. So the disciples are are in this boat and they're stuck in a terrible storm when they spot Jesus walking on the water. In this amazing act of faith, Peter steps out of the boat and into the stormy waters to walk to Jesus. And he walks on water. But he starts to sink when he looks around and sees all these waves in the storm. He becomes afraid when he sees what's going on around him, and he starts to sink. So instead of focusing on Jesus, he looks at the storm around him, and he starts to sink. As Peter is sinking, he cries out, and Jesus reaches down and picks him up out of the water and helps him. You can find this story in Matthew 14, verse 22 through 33. My faith is a lot like that. It's like sometimes I have so much confidence in him, but then I look around me and I start to sink. But thankfully, he doesn't just let me sink. I feel his hand in mine, pulling me up from the waves and carrying me through the storm. That's because he loves me and wants me to know that I can trust him. Learn to trust and be trustworthy in your marriage. Trust is something that you build in your relationship over time. Sometimes that trust becomes violated and you have to build it back up. Maybe you become untrustworthy because of something that you've done, the mistake that you made. And there are other times when you just have to let go of your fears and just trust your spouse, even though it's hard. Tell your spouse that you're trusting them. And that confidence in them will motivate them to live up to that trust. Fear is no match for trust. So here's the problem with fear. It's often based in reality. I mean, for instance, there's a possibility that I may not make it home today. There is a possibility that my spouse could die before me. And the list can just go on and on. But facing that fear in your life is a powerful thing. You have to understand that God is ultimately in control of what happens in your life. So you have to let go of that fear and trust that he loves you too much to do you wrong and that he's too wise to make a mistake. I don't know that fear ever really goes away. It just kind of gets overwritten by love because your spouse could leave you. But that possibility is what makes love such a powerful emotion. So choose to love instead of fear. I used to like riding roller coasters, and I still do to an extent. But what they do is they make these rides visually intimidating, and they deliberately set the rides up for for like long waits just to build the intensity of that fear. And even when you're in line and you can't see the ride, they have videos playing of the ride or something that's going to keep that fear going or the anticipation of that fear, that intensity. But really, when you get to the ride, I mean, you're strapped in so tightly 
that nothing's going nothing is going to happen to you. I mean, for me, that's the most aggravating part about it is you have all these things strapped on you and you're pulled down so tight. The fear is almost manufactured, but you still get that adrenaline rush of facing your fear. Fear in life is not like a roller coaster. It's not manufactured. There are no safety nets. There's no ridiculous devices to keep you safe. But you overcome those fears by going into motion in spite of those fears. So you face your fears head on and you live your life. It's like going into motion makes the giants of fear small. I remember the moment that I asked Jesus to come into my heart and to save me. I was definitely afraid. But when I took that first step, all that fear that I had in my heart seemed like nothing. The key to overcoming fear is engaging in that activity that causes fear. After all, you can trust Jesus with your life to face that fear, get involved with that activity, go into motion of the thing you're afraid of, that fear that's so big in your life. Face that fear by going into motion. And that's how you overcome it. Allow love to control your fear. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, the Bible says this. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The one thing that makes me do things even when I'm afraid is the love that I know Jesus has for me and the love that I have for him. So instead of letting fear control you, let love control you instead. My love for the Lord constrains me to live for him. My love for my wife causes me to be faithful to her even though I may have fear. Overcome fear by trusting the one you love. Learn to trust your spouse. I promise you will not regret it. So you overcome fear by living in the present. You overcome fear by trusting the one you love. And finally, you overcome fear by reading the end of the story. My daughters enjoy reading books. And they get that love for reading from their dad. I like to read books to learn from other people. And then I also like to read a good fiction book from time to time. And they allow you to experience things that you would never experience. And I like the tension of the storyline. And finally at the end, finding out what happens. And my my oldest daughter does this thing and it absolutely drives me crazy. And she does it sometimes and she comes to tell me and I'm like, why did you do that? But she's reading the story and she wants to know what happens. So she turns to the back of the book and sees what happens to those to those characters in that story. It drives me nuts. Sometimes in life, you can overcome fear by understanding how your story is going to end. To me, that fiction novel that I'm reading, the tension that I'm feeling, not knowing what's going to happen on the next page, is what makes it enjoyable. But if you turn to the back of the book, it takes away that tension, which is like what I really like about the book. But in life, if you're experiencing fear, if you can understand how your story is going to end, then it takes away the tension and the fear of the moment. So enjoy the experience of love right now.
Love is the most powerful emotion that God has gifted to the world. Poets have spent hundreds of hours writing about it. Countless books, movies have been written about love. People spend lifetimes looking for that spark of love. And then married couples who've experienced love are desperate to feel it again. They just want to get back to that place where they feel like they're in love. Besides putting my faith in Jesus, falling in love is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in life. Poet and writer Robert Browning said this, I was made and meant to look for you and wait for you and become yours forever. To fall in love is to live the story that God has written for you. It's an experience that even helps you understand the love that's in the gospel story. Falling in love changes you as a person. It makes you another person, a better person, a person who knows how to love and a person who is loved. You are living a story of love every day when you wake up beside your spouse. You are reading the end of your story by holding on to each other tight in the story that you have right now. A lifetime is nothing but thousands of little moments strung together. You get to the end of that lifetime one moment at a time. The moment you're in right now will someday just be a memory. So don't miss that moment no matter how small. Those moments put together will write the end of your story. So you can look at the end of your story by looking at what's happening right now, by enjoying the moments that you're in right now, because those moments are what's going to write the end of your story. Those moments are what's going to write the end of your story together. Expect your story to have a happy ending. Half the battle of success in marriage is what you envision it to be. If you can envision yourself being in love tomorrow, you can live in that reality today. So this is how this works. You imagine your love is lasting for a lifetime and you end up living for the ending. The great thing about being in love is that together you get to decide what that ending is going to be. Erase the word divorce from your vocabulary. This is not a word we're going to use. We're not going to let our love story crash. It doesn't matter what anybody else in this world thinks. Hold on to your spouse so tightly that they can't let go. So sit down, turn to the end of your story, and decide what kind of ending you're going to write. Write that ending down with all the passion you can muster. Fight to have a happy ending. Fight to keep your love strong. Fight to stay madly in love. If you feel love start to slip away, grab it and pull it back. Fight for that love. I love the gospel story because it's a story of love that never stops. It never stops believing in you. Overcome fear by expecting your story to have a happy ending. And the truth is, as a Christian, at the end of your story, no matter what happens, you win. It's the one thing that you have to remember that God has a plan for your life is a plan that will glorify him and benefit you. 
There is this Bible verse that I just can't get away from. I wake up at night and it's right in front of me. I'm driving down the road and I can just envision the words to this verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Whatever happens to your love story, at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. Because my life is in the hands of someone who loves me so much that he gave his life for me on the cross. And what he has planned for me is good and perfect. Sometimes I put my arms around my wife, hold her tight, and whisper in her ear, everything is going to be okay. I can hear Jesus telling me these same words. It's going to be okay. One day, when this life is all said and done, it's going to be like he says, I told you it would be okay. Remember that story of Peter when he was in the water and Jesus had to pull him out of the waves? He asked the question, where's your faith? It's like he's saying, I told you it would be okay. I told you it would be okay. So regardless of what happens to your love story from now till then, it's going to be okay. In summary, overcome fear by living in the present. Overcome fear by trusting the one you love. And overcome fear by reading the end of the story. Thanks for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If you have found this episode helpful, share it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.